Welcome to the Short Rod Show. You're talking with Ben. And you got Brett. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We are uh, down in the, the basement tonight. We're relegated <laughs> yeah. to, the, to the basement here. Late night operation. Yep. Don't wake up the kids is the main goal. Yep. So uh, thanks for joining us. We're, we're recording the best we can through the week here and want to get you guys some uh, up-to-date, fresh content. Yep. That's kind of our goal throughout the ice season, just so uh, we're staying current on everything. And uh, what are we talking about today, Brett? Uh, well, we both got out on the ice quite a bit here in the last two to three days. Uh, some local ponds. Um, had some intention of hitting some bigger water, but uh, just didn't work out. Didn't get yeah. out early enough. And then yeah. I was like, well, by the time I drive an hour and then drive an hour back, that's two hours of fishing that I could just be spent in town fishing. And I'm probably not going to see any better fish anyway. So Yeah, exactly. Stayed in town. Um, what else? Oh, and we were going to discuss a little bit of catfishing. Yeah, so a lot of lot of good feedback from guys wanting to know about catfishing, yep. and Brett's the cat daddy. And we haven't exactly been on a much, uh, hardcore catfish bite, um, and I yep. guess in my mind, without going too deep into it, the real catfish bite starts more towards late ice. Yep, late ice. When Definitely. the shads start dying off. Yep. Yeah, so we'll talk a little catfishing, wrap up, uh, you know, well, and talk about our trip, uh, last couple outings that we've gotten on. I think two. Separate. Separate outings. Yeah. That was different. A little, little bit different uh, kind of deal going on. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. Um, you know, really this podcast is all about getting out whenever you can. Life gets in the way. You get yep. busy with things. Um, you know, this weekend we were both busy doing different things and didn't work out to fish together. But, hey, we still both got out and still caught some nice fish. Yep. yep. And, uh, yeah, we'll chat through all that. But we've had, before then, we've had a few hic- hiccups with some gear. Yeah, so we'll go over a couple uh, couple oops deals going yeah, on <laughs> shoot uh yeah it's been uh been kind of an expensive week here yeah at the short rod show yeah Dang um it. for all of you that are uh well we had a good comment on youtube about our chair situation we oh st- yeah we still got the card they just card came table chairs yeah we just moved them <laughs> uh still waiting on the uh the sponsorship from staples or office depot i was hoping homemakers homemakers some yeah. real nice staples fancy. what do you want to just know. a padded you get folding chair at? yeah i'm not i want an office chair i want like a lazy boy just the late the short rod show lazy short rod show lazy boy with one of those coolers on the side. There you go. Put my Millers in. That would be pretty slick. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Well, that's coming up all next on the short rod show. Hey Ben, so I've got this buddy that's trying to start a small business, but he's having a real tough time with his digital footprint and just trying to figure all that out. Do you know anybody that could help him out? Well, I think I do. I know uh, a couple cool guys at this company called Evergrow Marketing, and they really specialize in helping landscape and lawn care companies maximize their digital footprint and basically bring customers to them, help them get found on the internet. Really? I mean, they'll work with any business. Um, they're really looking to expand. And if you tell them that Ben and Brett sent you from the, the Short Rod Show, you can get it 10% off your first order. Really cool. If you're interested in the Evergrow Marketing team and what they have to offer, check them out on evergrowmarketing.com and tell them Ben and Brett from the Short Rod Show sent you. You know, Brad, I was poking around on Facebook the other day, and I could just not find the Short Rod Show. What's the deal? Oh, you just got to punch us in on Google. What do you mean? We show up on Google already? Oh, yeah. The Evergrow team hooked us up. Holy cow. That's awesome. Yeah. Good deal. I'll try that now. Yeah, right. You just punch in Short Rod Show, and we'll come up on our website, shortrodshow.com. It'll come up on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Awesome. So people can find us all over now. Yeah, all over the internet. 
That's great. We're also on Instagram, too. I've been trying to keep up with that. Posting some cool pictures. When we're out on the ice, you can check us out there, too. Yeah. Sweet updates. Awesome. Check us out, guys. Hey, welcome back, guys, after the break. Um, we're going to start out this uh, next segment with uh, some of the crap that Ben broke. <laughs> yeah, that I broke. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? So, yeah, if you recall in the last episode, if you listen to our musky tip-up, somebody hit rocks with the auger. That's where I feel like really where everything went downhill. S- somebody, yep. Hit rocks Suddenly with the hit auger. rocks, which... Dulled the blade. In your defense, I mean, we, we were supposed to be in like five feet. Yeah, I mean, it's not... It obviously wasn't on purpose, and I was like probably 20 feet from what I could see as shore still. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly an accident. Yep. But by the time we hit the rocks, dulled the blade, and then we had so, to use a little extra pressure to dig holes after Yeah, that. and that that's kind of the downside to a laser bit, which... We we went back and forth and talked about that. Yep. In trying to decide what kind of bit we want to run, the laser bit, man, it just rips ice. Yep. Okay. It shaves ice so so quick. You can cut a hole. I think cutting speed, pretty much. It still cut. I would say it still cut holes pretty good. It did. It would not start a hole though. Not a tough time starting. Really Real to push hard into getting it. getting your angle right. And yep. I actually saved those blades. I'm going to save the drill too. But um, no, you're not. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're keeping we're keeping the wall of shame. Going. Oh, oh, oh! I thought you meant all, like you're gonna all keep, of our broken. You're gonna continue gear. trying to keep it running, and I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, no, I got, I, no. Anyway, that's that'll be next. So, uh, yeah, the laser blades they got Dog. their toast. Yep. Um, like you said, would still drill a hole, but starting a hole. You really had to lean into it. Put a lot of torque on it. Yep. So the way the clam plate's set up, uh, it supports the drill handle. Okay. Yep. And all you guys that are running clam plates. Um, you know, I guess the marketing hype at the time was, Hey, supports, takes all the load off of, off of your drill. Right. So you're not having a huge metal bit hanging off your chuck, wearing yep. out your chuck, uh, you know, breaking your drill, that kind of thing. Uh, well, this was an extreme situation. Yeah. We, we were, were really, I, we, I don't know, maybe cut 40, 50 holes. Oh, we put, it. yeah, we, we still put in a good day of, of drilling. Yeah. So having all those holes, you know, with the extra pressure, uh, basically, Ripped the entire uh, gearbox assembly, the head unit, basically, the head unit from off the, the drill. So yeah. you see this flex here? You can flex the whole bit. Well, they don't see that on the podcast right part, off. but yeah. So, yeah, well, you're looking at a DeWall <laughs> drill that's severely beaten up. And, uh, yeah, basically uh, it broke where yep. the trigger handle assembly meets the power head. Yep, and, and that's all plastic. There's only actually one piece of metal that's got a ring loop to it in the yep. bottom that a screw goes through and kind of holds that from torquing around. Yep. But your clamp plate does not support that. On no. A, on no and yeah. So I think what we kind of concluded on that clamp plate part was, yeah, it may take some torque off of some areas of the drill, but it almost kind of concentrates torque yeah. right there, right where basically yours broke, right where yep. the handle meets the, the head. Yeah. So uh, I'll preface this with this drill is a 2015. Okay. Yeah. Bought it brand new, 2015. It's got well over. It's got five, almost six seasons. Yeah, of well ice. over five thousand holes, I bet. And ninety-five percent of its use has been on a clam plate. Yep. It stays bolted up all winter long, half the summer sometimes. I yep. mean, I have another couple drills that I use for little stuff. Uh, and then I bought an SDS uh, hammer drill that does like big hammering jobs. So then this never gets used. The yep. hammer drill portion was the only reason I was using it before. So. Um, yeah, that's five, six seasons almost of hard use. So what did you try to do to remedy this thing? So, you tried to, you yep, tried to save it. Tried to save it. Turned it into like, a Franken oh, hammer. You know, it still worked. Um, Franken drill. 
it'd still spin, but it had a loose connection at the motor. So what did I do? Rip apart the whole case, pull out all the screws, um, you know, check out, see what actually broke. Okay. Yep. I'm thinking, well, it's just plastic. It's just the housing was broken. No right? big deal. Yep. Yeah. Gearbox worked. Everything's fine. So did a little uh, ingenu- ingenuity, ran a couple uh, big machine screws through. You can kind of see them sticking through different ways, but uh, ran all those through where the smaller, weaker screws were. Yep. I was like, I'm just going to rip. You basically just replaced all the screws that you could see in the housing with your bigger screws. Yeah, and so uh, I also glued it. So it's got some clear plastic epoxy that I figured, all right, that'll help hold the case together. And then I also put a zip tie around it because, you know, zip ties. Zip ties fix everything. Because, you know, zip ties. (laughs) Um, So I ran a big... Pretty decent. You should size put some duct tape tie. on it. That's probably where you let. We need your, to just wrap some off. duct tape and call it good. Duct tape. Make sure you cover up those vents real tight. There you go. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, out in order the to ice, heat up. I figure. Yeah. We need some <laughs> heat out there. Absolutely. You want to warm your hands up on it. So, uh, long story short, take it out on Sunday. I was I was all jazz, ready to test it all out. This is after the glue had dried a couple of days, and uh, yeah, first hole it gets almost all the way through the through the hole, and then that hard spot, you know, right. Right at the end? Right at the end. And this is with new blades, granted. I'm not, yep. I gave up on those blades, bought brand new ones. Um, right at the bottom of the hole, zing, breaks the zip tie in half, <laughs> flings it across, halfway across the ice. Oh, geez. And I'm like, shoot. And of course, <laughs> I mean, it's just torqued yeah, sideways. You could about like rip that thing off now. So. Uh, anyway, drill still works, um, which is pretty cool. You can hear it there. Not great. Uh, you could probably get away with using it to put some screws in different things, but... Do you think you can get new housing for it? Yes, you can. You can buy all those parts. How much is that? Did you see? Not worth it. Not worth it. Uh, a new drill on Amazon, 128 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. New house. Yeah. Did you look to see how much the housing was? So they had a, they had all new like parts drills for 40, 50 bucks. Oh, geez. You know, if, you, if your motor's good and all that, I wasn't messing with that. No, 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 no. It's yeah. not worth it. So anyway, that... Time will tell. I think I'll be fine again. Like I said, it lasted five years, no problem. Yep. Uh, that extra load on it. Took I mean, an extra situation. Really, you think a seven-inch blade running five seasons on that drill, it owes me nothing. No. Like, it's been great. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. That's that's the way it, that's the way it works. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, testing out the compact brushless drill now, and it... Kind of drills. It cuts the ice, but it gets hung up at the bottom. Yeah, it doesn't have doesn't enough torque. Doesn't quite run it. Yep. So anyway, that's my backup. Um, and then one other thing I want to touch on, uh, the otter shelter. If you guys uh, have an otter, maybe uh, their older version. I don't know if they updated the, the plastic or whatever in the windows. My windows are all yellow. And I thought otters were not supposed to have plastic windows. That was their big deal. Like, hey, never yellows. Yeah. No problem. I don't know what happened with mine. They're... They're hard to see out of now. Yeah, yeah, you, especially if yeah, yeah. you get a little fog on them, so, you can't really see anything. for 6 bucks on Amazon, some Meguiar's Plastics, I'm going to try that this week. Oh, you haven't used it? Haven't used it yet. Bold but, move, Rick, talking about I'm, it without I'm using it. I'm just saying, a couple guys on, uh, on the old forums. What if it just forums, completely ruins it? Then I guess I'll sew in some <laughs> new new windows. You can buy windows from Otter, buy the material. And Cut them out and sew them back in, yeah, that's a pain in the butt. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try that out. So, I don't know, if anybody else has tried this, go on, comment on our page. Let me know how it worked for you. Yep. It says it, it works on convertible windows. Which um, is the same, I would yep. think, similar material. Safe on other clear plastic items, and it takes off, you know, all the film and the clouding and works on headlights and all that stuff. So Yeah. We'll try her out. Nice. But, yeah, talk about this uh, 
this book you got? Well, I don't know a lot about this book yet, but Ben just gave this to me. It's a little kid's book. Uh, It's called One, Two, Three, Ice Fishing. Uh, Words by Jenny Anderson and pictures by Angie Hansen. Yeah, so my wife found that. That's pretty sweet. Yep. It's got a little bear catching a walleye. Uh, First two pages are one auger, two fishing rods. We're packed up the sled. Yep. It's actually pretty uh, legitimate. Three tip-ups. And accurate. Oh, yeah. It's super legit. (laughs) It's got a five of diamonds on there as a spoon. Yes. Anybody that's got kids, check it out. Uh, We even got it. He's got a little signed. uh, Markham M1 or... I think it's a Vexlar. Vexlar. Oh, it is a Vexlar. It's got knobs on the right side. <laughs> we'll, we'll let it's that slide. It's got a Mr. Buddy heater. Yep. Oh, my gosh. When we teach our kids about ice fishing, we'll have to insert in holes. Garmin and a Markham there. It's got a little minnow on a jig. Yep. Yeah, that's legit. One, two, three ice fishing if you're looking yep. for. Pretty cool book. Uh, something I'm, cool. I'm, I know you can get them on Facebook. Um, $9.99 yep. US. There you go. Reasonably priced. So anybody that's got kids. Uh, you know, it's hard to find ice fishing materials, I guess. I have yeah, I've never, I never seen a book before, thought to look for you know, geared towards kids. Man, so. these are some legit beaver tail, beaver dam tip-ups. Yep. <laughs> it's very accurate. It. They did a great job. They did it. do a really good job. That's pretty cool. Pretty All cool. All the way down to cooking, cooking it. Yep. Cooking that little pan. You can see if yeah, the fish fried fillet up in the, piece in the of fryer. fish fillet in there. It's kind of a pop-up book. Yeah. But, you know, things for your kids to That's touch legit. and grab. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. That'll be cool. Yep, yeah. kiddos will like that. Break them into ice fishing here. For really sure. young. So, well, tell us about your trip out on Monday. Monday trip. So I'm yeah, fortunate Mondays. enough to work for an employer for my daytime job that gives us Martin Luther King yeah. Day off. And so... So I'm getting fish pictures sent to me while I'm All day work, long. All yeah. day long. So I get up... Well, I still take Thomas to daycare and everything. Do the normal routine. Uh, get out of the house about 8, which I would have liked to just go straight from daycare to fishing but it just didn't work out yeah you live uh, close by, by the time i get home and go do that well because originally i wanted to go up to don williams and then do a little brushy tour or something like that but by the time i got out in the house and i, I got on the on first street and i'm like man i got an hour to drive at least to don williams so there's an hour and then i would kind of need to be back home by about four o'clock yeah so that'll lead up another hour coming home yep there's two hours i'm gonna lose yeah, that I could just spend fishing if I stayed nearby. So that's always the the, the little deal. Yeah. Um, and I knew prior to that, make. Ben had been kept crushing a couple crappies, uh, local ponds. Yep. Uh, so I was like, well, why don't we just go do that? So that's what I did. Uh, yeah, just here in Ankeny, went yep. to a small pond, uh, drilled a couple holes, found, uh, yeah, crappies, suspended crappies coming in hot. Yep. And they would chase hot yeah and oh that water gosh. is relatively clear i mean they yep. can they can see it away. i couldn't you could tell i couldn't take my jig boy fast enough yep. they would they'd be coming up on it uh i started out the day with a fairly dark some darker jigs like some purples some blacks i kind of i don't know my, yeah. the black uh acme rattling jig i you love am in thing. love with that jig. yep just love the rattlers uh, well i just like that and the black and yep. all that but they were not into dark dark colors so i switched up second i switched to uh, glow cadis, which is more like a white color during the day. So, I mean, it, it wasn't really after the glow part. It just had to be tied on. And a pink dropper jig were the two bite baits that really yep. cashed her in for me on the day. Uh, wax worms, they didn't want nothing to do with plastics. They didn't want nothing to do with Yeah, that's else. kind of a strange, strange deal. Because, yeah, yeah I, I tried the noogie and everything. And they didn't want to look at it. Like, if they, if you... If you didn't raise your bait up fast enough from them, if they had a chance to catch up and have a chance to stare at it, they weren't going to eat it. Yep. They were going to look at it, and they'd some way, and they'd look at it in some way, and look at it in some way, 
and then they'd leave. Where if you were able to keep it away from them and they were really got some speed, yep. they were going to hit it no matter well, what. Well, and I think that's partially, you know, what makes urban fishing a little bit different. I mean, those are pressure. They've seen some they've, stuff. Oh, yeah. I was, where I was drilling holes, I was just drilling on top of uh, a bunch of other holes. I mean, there yep. were just holes everywhere out there. And half of those were your holes. Half of them were mine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I was out the day before, um, got out for a couple hours on Sunday. And same deal. I mean, it was it was interesting to see, um, you know, these couple lakes, the ones that get a lot of pressure, and then these other lakes that probably have better fishing. Yep. No one. Yeah, and there was no one out there. A couple of people followed me out there. Um, and actually, shout out to Cole. Uh, he's going to be a new fan, he told me. Sweet. Uh, he was, he's a relatively new ice fisherman. I thought this dude was a pro. He just yeah. rolls out there, has his whole setup in a sled, runs right out. And goes right over kind of by where I was going to go. So automatically I'm leery. I'm like, what's this guy now? So he he runs right out there and he pops one hole, sits there, didn't even have a flasher from what I could tell. All right, that's (laughs) a different story in a little bit. And drops a jig down, freaking hammers a bass right off the bat. Boom. And I'm like, whoop, and I'm out of my league now. Yeah, what's going on here? showed me up. Uh, Anyway, he had a, a app on his phone for a flasher. Uh, probably the deeper sonar or the Garmin or or whatever. There's a bunch of brands now. Yep. Um, And then he also had a Helix five, but he just pulled that out kind of at the end. Kind of at the end. Just at the end. Yeah. That's weird. So my first choice. Anyway, that was kind of interesting. Another guy and his son were out there trying to catch some carp. Oh, nice. So that was I wonder cool. how that went. I just, not you should, did you see how they were, what they were using? Nope. I don't think they tried very hard. I wonder if there's a way to, out there I wonder how long. you target carp through the ice. I've never really seen any, yep. but he do it. I mean, what, thread some corn on a hook? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> some dough balls? I feel like I don't think that maybe, would work. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So that was interesting. Uh, but on on this particular pond, it's... it's well, what, also, you mentioned the pressure is yeah. that the pond across the street, there were probably five guys out there. Fishing. Just hammering them. Not hammering no, them. But I'd, just, I'd bet no, I they weren't hammering anything. Nope. But, I mean, that's maybe they're taking our advice. They see a couple people out it's there. It's more visible like, also. Yep, yep. Hey, let's go check out this place because there's people fishing on it. It's probably pretty good. When in reality, the Whose pond, advice is that? That's not my advice. That's putting on your Iowa fish finders. That's not advice. That's just jokes. <laughs> I'm not advising anybody to go just fish where everybody else is fishing. But the fish the ponds <laughs> that everyone else is fishing. At least to get some experience at it. That's what, okay, I'm, sure. that's what I'm saying. All right. It, versus just going to a, a random, the, the other pond that has no one fishing it. You don't know if it's even. Oh, I'd go to that one first. Yeah, that's that's the type of per- fisherman you are. <laughs> that's what makes you, makes you a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, they, they were all about the one pond and not about the other one. No. And then uh, it didn't really pick up after. I mean, I was there by myself for a long time. No one no one paid me any attention. Yeah. Um. We, we did get it. picked up, what, eight, ten nice crappies? Yeah, real nice ones. And then uh, we did get a shout-out from the homeowner. I thought he was yelling at Yeah, that us. was funny. He was yelling at his dog on the deck. Yeah. It's like, hey, get back in there. Like, <laughs> what? Like, this is a public thing. I was yeah. like, I was ready. I was like, oh, yeah, dude, we can be here. Yeah, <laughs> we can be here. Obviously, there's been people yeah, here. Yeah, so he he was kind of, kind of a cool dude, so that's pretty neat. But, I mean, we got a lot of comments, too, from people. Um, you know, I see a lot of posts on facebook about different you know larger fisheries and yep you know okay you'll have of the 500 people that go to a big lake you'll have 10 people that completely crush it you know yep. have a have a banner day load buckets up they're posting you know like yep. crazy on facebook showing off and then you got 450 people that catch six know, inch perch all day hardly long. anything or three inch perch you know 
uh, and they're trolling all the guys that are posting all oh, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So uh, it's it's cool to get out on on a local local spot. I know in talking with Tyler at the DNR, that's what he's all about, and yeah, that's what oh, yeah. we're all about. Pumped too. up about it because, like what you said, you could have gone an hour or two away. I wouldn't have expected any better fishing. I would have expected mm-hmm. at best the same kind of fishing that I did end up getting. Yep, and you were right down the street. Yep, and yep, pretty pretty. Uh, I mean, there would have been opportunity. I would preface that a little bit. There would have yeah. been opportunity for bigger fish, but I wouldn't have expected a larger average fish size than what I already yep. than what I got here right next door. Yeah, and it's it's you don't have to go on big adventure trips all the time. No, to have a good I mean then that that effectively out. got me two more hours of fishing yep. rather than driving. Yeah, absolutely. So that worked out good. Yep. So that's just kind of our experience on on some urban ponds. Well, and then I also got out the day before you also. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just keep talking for a little about evening it. Keep bite. rubbing it in. <laughs> Uh, got out on a, a little different lake here in Ankeny. Uh, one we've had, we've really struggled at yeah. in the past. Yeah, it's been tough. Um, and I think I started putting a little bit of a pattern together. Yep. That is definitely an evening bite. Not a night bite. Not a daytime bite. <laughs> a but dusk a, bite. But an evening bite. Yep. Uh, and I mean, there were some, there were some real nice bluegills coming mm-hmm. in suspended. I yep. mean, I was fishing 14 feet of water, 17 feet of water, something like that. And I mean, they're coming in at 8 to 10. And those yeah. were the ones that you wanted to catch. Oh, there were some that come good. off the bottom, and you pick up a few bass and a few small bluegills. But the hog daddy bluegills were coming in suspended, and they were ready to eat. Yep. And, and that's, that's really where I helped the panoptics because I could see them coming from six, seven, eight feet away, and then I could already have my bait up there ready for them when they would. So you actually, so you were looking. fishing off the bottom most of the time until yeah. you saw one. Until I saw one coming up in. high, and then I'd wow. pull it up. That's cool. And I caught every single one. That that's came in that's something you wouldn't be able to see on a flasher. Uh, you'd see it, but you'd, be, too late. you'd be there. They'd yep. be right underneath. If the fish is just cruising by, you have yep. no sh- chance of reeling up in time, seeing it in time. Yeah, and to get it, it. In, a, in its zone so it sees that and says, yep. hey, this is something I want to eat. That's awesome. Yeah, it worked out real good. Yep. And then there was another guy out there. He wasn't catching shit. Yeah. That's, I'm that's all for helping people until they just yell at me from the outside of the shack. Are you catching anything over there? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm like, dude, come over at least uh, check couple, it out. A couple of bluegills. And that was, all, that was all I said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's funny. At least we're not getting the people there. How's the ice? Yeah. 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 While they're on the ice. Yeah. While they're, while they're running over to us. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Jeez. All right. So, uh, what everyone's come here to listen to is some catfish talk. Catfish talk. I have talk. a feeling they could care less about her. Crappy talk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Although the crappy topics do seem to be the, one of the more popular topics. You know, that, for every, there's 10, the, but there is, there's 10 crappy fishermen for every one cat fisherman. Yeah, probably true. At least. Probably true. Um, but the know, cat fishermen are more diehard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they are all about it. And, and I'd say. Talk to anybody about it. I mean, I've never caught a big pike through the ice or anything like that or a big, big walleye or anything, but catfish are about as hard of fish, fighting oh, yeah. fish as I've ever reeled in. Even a medium sized one will give you a give yep. you a run. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's what it's all about. Just it's it's a big fish that's you know, not rare to catch, but it's it yeah. takes some some doing to catch. Yeah. And speaking of like the rare thing and the doing to catch thing is what's unique about catfishing is that in the wintertime they will stack up. Mm-hmm. And I mean literally stack up in like a ball the size of I don't know, your couch with two hundred some mm-hmm. fish in there. So that's what makes them hard to find. But once you find that spot, it's you're it's it's like yeah. shooting fish in a barrel. After that, yep. they're there. They're not going anywhere, and they're it's repeatable year after year. They might not be in that exact mm-hmm. GPS location, but they're going to be in they're that area there. year yep. in and year out. Yep. 
Um, so what are some catfish basics? What's your, what's your setup for if you're going out to target cats? Uh, I mean, I, I rarely go out and target cats, but what my setup is, has, has been in what I, if I, if I say, Hey, Oh shoot, I just hooked into a cat and I want to yep. you know target them at that point. Um, what I run, cause I've already got it with me is I'll be running. Well, obviously my schoolies, obviously, uh, prefer four to six pound test fluoro, uh, and a lot of times a spoon, Yep, spoon and some wax worms or shad. Yep. So really the, the best bites of catfish that I've gotten on is when I'm drilling holes and I shad come up out of the ice. Yep. Like they're dead shad on the bottom underneath the ice. And they float up through the hole and, or they come up. Well, they come up when I dig the hole. Yep. Uh, cause then those catfish are already sitting there yep. and that's happened several times. Um, and that's why, that's why I say, I think catfishing gets a lot better here towards the latter half. So, yep. I mean, I'd like for us to hang on to ice at least through mid-March would be cool, but I realistically maybe the end of February if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. So here in Iowa, where I would start thinking about catfishing is maybe after that first week of February, yep. maybe second week of February. That's Come when I'm like, soon. Yep. it's catfishing time because the shad, those young of the year shad are starting to die out. Yep. Um, not all of them, obviously, but you'll get, get a, you'll get a shad yep. kill every year. And you're getting some lower auction levels in, in yep. lakes too, lakes yep. and ponds. And so those those That's, catfish will start stacking up. Cattle be the cats will be the most active ones. Yeah, yep. they can they can thrive a little stand bit more, a little yep. better. Yep. yep. Um, but I would say my the ideal catfishing rig I would say would be six foot six ugly stick. Uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> something like that <laughs> with a frog on. The I would end. say you want something that's gonna be. <laughs> you want a you want a decent backbone, but you want something that's gonna detect a very light bite. Yep. Um, cause I've never been in an experience where they just oh, come yeah. in and slam it. Yeah. It's they're, always just like, they're nibbling it, yep. they're nibbling it, they're nibbling it. And then you just set the hook. Yep. They're the Kings of just kind of sucking. Unless it. you are the most patient human in the world and you wait for them to get it all the way in their mouth and to swim away, which I am not that patient. Um, once I start seeing the taps, I'm setting the hook. Yep. Uh, well, so you want something. Every other way. fish in ice fishing goes. You exactly. want to set the hook right away. You don't want to be waiting around like open water maybe. Yep for something to take the bait all the way yep. here. You want to get yep. into it. So I'd want something with fairly stiff. Uh, I'd probably say I'd, I would want to, I'd want something with a swivel on it. So I'd want, cause so what a catfish will do is when you hook into it, maybe not the real big, big ones, not like 25 inch plus ones, but you get into that 15 to 25 inch range. Yep. And even smaller ones is they, they just lock their fins out and they just circle yeah. your, your hole so bad. And it's not a big deal if you're catching one or two, but if you're there all day catching five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fish, that's going to wear your line out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so ideal situation would maybe I'd have 10-pound fluoro going down to a swivel, down to, uh, yeah, down to that four to six-pound yep. uh, liter. Uh, with my spoon on there, jig. Um, also, if thought are considered about maybe doing like a drop shot sort of thought where you have your weight on the bottom and then you you – couple inches up then you maybe a foot up you tie on your hook yep. with your chat chad guts to me has been the number one or yeah. cut chad yep something chad chad because i guess the fish that i'm the catfish that i've been primarily fishing for they're in a fat chad based system yep. um so they're coming to they're yep. gonna eat gizzard chad all day long and we were we were chatting about that a little bit this this week on trying to figure out how to catch a gizzard chad i don't Slash. think you can because there's some ha- yeah, there's some yeah. giants here in Ankeny. We, we need a never-ending supply of shad. We just need to figure out how to. If I can figure out what they're, I mean, yeah, I gotta look. I don't <laughs> think I think they eat like plankton and they're like filter feeder sort of thing. Yeah, we need to like dangle down some half-pound line and mm-hmm. lure them in with a little 
something. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, two takeaways from that, at least the gear side would be bait would be wax worms, shad. I, I'm tempted to try worms. Like regular worms. Yeah, we haven't tried that. Frogs. Um, I'm sure frog guts. Work. I'm yep. sure catfish are eating frog hibernating frogs. If you can get a hold of a frog or two or yep. have some left there over, throw them in your freezer. Maybe that's what that dude on Brushy was doing. Might have been. Catfishing with a frog. And a big pool. Slop frog. Yep. <laughs> um secondly, I think the most important thing will be location. So Ben, you've been on yep. with me for two of the two probably of the top ten of yep. my top five two good best cat catfish bites. Yep. Um I don't want to name specifically the lakes because they'll just stack up right that in that spot, and you can just beat up on them all oh, day long. Yeah. Yep. But uh, let's talk about the one over here in town first. Yep, yep. So that one, without giving too many details away, do you remember the structure that we were sitting? No, between not at all. So what happened? I, I just know that it's a it's unique because it's not managed for that at all. It's not managed for catfish, but it has a hell of a catfish bite. Yeah, it does. It's pretty, cool. and it has some nice ones. It, I don't think there's any thirty inch plus individuals in there but i think you, no, you can get up years. to a 20 I think, you get, I think you can expect a 20 inch catfish out of there pretty yeah. easily yeah. um the structure that we were on was so they put two in put in two rock reefs in oh that, yep in yep. that lake yep and they're they're kind of they run parallel no they don't run parallel they run kind of extended from each other so it goes one rock reef then that rock reef ends then there's about a 40 foot gap mm-hmm. and then the next rock reef starts and right there in that gap yep. was right where everything was stacked up. The main travel way. Yep. yep. And it wasn't the deepest part of the lake. So if you're fishing a smaller body of water, like I'm talking like farm ponds, that sort of stuff, uh, 10 acres or less maybe, yep. generally you just kind of seek out the deepest part of the water and you'll find catfish somewhere in there. Yep. You might not find them stacked up like we've described, but you'll find them cruising the bottom. They'll be down, they'll be down in that area. Uh, or if you get into some bigger bodies of water, or some other bodies where they have these reefs, where they have deep wood, they'll they'll hang off of that also a lot of times. Yep. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And that's you know, catfish they're they're fish of you know they eat at whatever opportunity they have. Yep. So I mean they're cruising around, uh, catching all the little bluegills and all the shad and all the other little bugs running around that main cutout there. Yeah. That yeah. Reef because yep. everything's going to follow along that reef. Everything does. Yep. And then when they need to cross over it. Yep. Be right there. Yep. No matter what direction they're yep. coming, if or they're following that coming, rock reef, they're all going to join right there in that little dip. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so on the schoolie, what makes the schoolie a good rod for catfish? Because it's a terrible rod for catfish. Terrible rod. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great rod for catfish. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit. I feel like it's too stiff and not as fast of an action as what yep. you would need to yep. really wrestle that fish. Because they they they'll really give you some they head really and They'll really throb you yep. uh, or bob you. Uh, what I guess the best part about it is that the strike indicator, you can really pick up on those really light bites yeah. um, and you can really set the hook. So what a catfish has is that sandpaper mouth where it's fairly wide in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be able to get that hook in somewhere. A lot of times I'm hooking them on the outside of the lip, Yep. Um, which is not, yeah. you're prone to miss a lot of fish. You don't have a good that. purchase on them. No, you don't have a good Cracking hit. Cracking them up on that. Rarely have I really ever hooked them. And maybe that's my own fault. Maybe that's because once I hit, see a bite, I'm setting the hook, uh, not very often do I get a hook on the inside of the mouth. Mm-hmm. Usually it's somewhere around the outside. Um, and I'm sure that's, now that I say that out loud, I'm sure that's what, yeah. that's, that's what happens. That, that's what it is. Yep. Yep. You got it figured out. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say that's 
really doing that. And real wise, I mean, it's got to drag. And I've, if you've watched our video catching that bass, I'm a yep. master at using the schoolie drag. Reel it in, let it let out. it go. It is. Reel it it takes in. a little bit to get used to just letting go of that reel. Yep. Like you don't. It's not something natural that you want to do. You got but that it, drag finally. It's a tuned. combination of letting, knowing when to let go of the reel, and then being able to keep tension with your hand yep. holding the rod. Yep. Those are your two different yep. methods. Yep. yep. It's really two handed. Two-handed fishing on yeah, a schoolie. Yeah. Some folks in Maine really appreciated that video. And some oh, Wisconsin yeah. folks. Yep, yep. And then some other people just said nails on chalkboard. Yeah. That sucker's <laughs> got almost 36,000 views. <laughs> That's I was crazy. like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people eat that up. It's awesome. Yeah, that was yeah, crazy. That's good. But, yeah, uh, some good action shots. I'm thinking, uh... Let's go to this Don. Uh, I'll talk about the Don Williams one because that's not a very specific spot. And they weren't really stacked up out there. They yeah, were kind of sure. more Roman. Um, so when we were doing that crappie tournament, uh, prior to that day, that the prior day where I was uh, scouting out fish, yep, I ran into a bunch of catfish, pre-fishing. Um, and we found them where we caught those crappies, actually. I don't remember. Did we catch any that day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure we did. Oh, yeah, we did. Nothing real big, 15 inches maybe, mm-hmm. 12, something like that. Not real, not real big. And I wouldn't have expected them in that spot to be real big, but um, – What's interesting about that is they were coming in suspended right with the crappies. Yeah. You wouldn't have known. As they were coming in on your flasher, you wouldn't have known whether it was a crappie or a cat. Yep. Coming to bite. Live scope, you'd be able to tell. Maybe. I don't know. I was watching that. <laughs> From the videos I've seen. Well, I was sure. watching that. You watched that uncut angling video yeah. last night. That bro. The quality. Yeah. I don't see where, how that is any better than what I got on my panoptics. So my guess is that Garmin's tweaked a little bit from it's being shot. soaked. Well. The way those crappies looked, it was just that looked a, terrible. It was a blob. It didn't look any better than all that other junk in the water. Yeah, compared to what yeah. I look, I see on mine on my yeah. panoptics. I don't see where the value is on that. Yeah, I I think maybe the settings are off, or it was soaking in the water for too long. I don't know. I think Aaron would have it shit dialed it in. I can't believe it worked. Yeah, I guess for all those people that are wondering what we're talking about, uncut angling, uh, Aaron Weeb, right? One of the great YouTube entertain entertainment fishing channels, I guess. Yep. Uh, you could say. Yeah, you learn a lot. Yeah, it, it, it's informative and entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's a good mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like to watch his videos. He finally came out with a video showing him pulling up his live scope that has been on the bottom of this lake for a Week. couple months. Yeah, a couple months, yeah. And Garmin, after it sat in rice for a while. Works. Fires right up. Yep. So. Which I would have expected. It's always, the only thing that would have been messed up would have been the terminals. Yep. Because that Garmin head unit's made to be out in the elements outside, yep. getting wet. And the transducers made to be in the water. I mean, that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. That just be the connection. That was cool. Yeah, and that was just the connection problem yep. anyways, too. Yep. But uh, back to the fishing part. Yeah. So get out, get out of the talk about fishing again. Uh, what were you saying about paint optics and seeing them? Oh, I'd been able to tell them. That's the right. That's but not what otherwise, I was these, about. these cats were suspended. Coming yeah, coming in, in suspended. Just like crappies. Yep. Which was interesting. That's, that's one of the only lakes that I come in. I've experienced a bite like that. Yep. Where they come in. But what... What I think was happening was it was a deeper kind of portion of that lake Yeah, was that deeper area, and it was a steep break off the shoreline of that north shoreline because the, the south shoreline was kind of tapering yep. um, into the upper portion of the lake. Uh, and there was a lot of deep wood out there, a lot of wood in there. And that's, that's the next point I was wanting to get to is I think you'll find them sitting in a lot of wood, yep. uh, specifically if you're in – I mean, it's really relative to the lake that you're fishing on depth-wise. I mean, they're not going to be sitting in 60 foot of water, yep. no, by no means, but 20, 25 foot. If you got even just a log sticking out, you can find mm-hmm. you, there's a good chance 
it'd be something worth probing to see if there's a catfish down through there. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then the last one, when we were fishing the other tournament over there in Rock Creek. Yep. I didn't want to say Rock Creek, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good size, good mm-hmm. size uh, pond there. But. Yeah, but the location we were fishing was kind of distinct. Yeah. But, uh, those guys, the, what are those other, the Iowa, uh, Iowa Outdoors? No, what were she, those no, dudes? I can't remember their names. Because they pulled in two yeah. big hog daddy cats. So this was a crappie fish tournament, and I bet just so many catfish were caught during instead of crappies. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, hell of, a, hell of a catfish. And those two guys pulled in two big hog daddies. And I know exactly what they were sitting on. They were sitting on a ledge. Um, it had some rock on the, yep. the bottom edge of this ledge. Um, rock, and I think, I know there were some brush piles that the yep. DNR put in there also that oh, were yeah. scattered along. Um, and it wasn't like a main lake point. It was It was like it comes off comes off the shore the top of this hump is probably i don't know five ten feet uh ten foot down um and then it drops off to the main basin of 30 some foot um and they were fishing right off of that on the deep side of it yep and that's where they were picking up some of their bigger catfish um where we found them stacked up was along the dam yep real stacked up. lots of shad there that was and that was the exact same situation where i was talking we we were drilling holes checking See if there are any crappies in there. Drill the hole. Shad guts came up out of it. And I was like, oh, well, let's poke a hole, poke my transducer down let's here. Let's get some catfish here. in this now, crappie tournament. That was weird yeah. because they, those fish, and I mean, I understand it now that I think about it, they were stacked all the way from the bottom to the bottom, to the top of that yeah, ice. You could look down and practically see them. Yeah. they were, And what they, the reason they were all the way up there is because all those shad were floated up there. And then the other ones were just loafing down below mm-hmm. or picking off particles or whatever that was coming down. Um, yeah, hooked on a piece of that yeah, shad gut. Cool. They weren't necessarily hammering it, but I mean, the, you were getting picked on the yep. entire time. Yep. Yeah. That was, that was sweet. It, it is a, it's a challenging kind of bite. It's a challenging fish to catch. Yep. But um, five feet over, you wouldn't even absolutely. see that pile. Yep. But I mean, it, it's a different type of fish. So if you guys yep. are looking for something different, say you're out crappie bluegill fishing constantly and you're yep. worn out on it, try catfishing. It's cool. Yeah. Another thing too, I was thinking about, you know, speaking of your book and, you know, having kids, is like a catfish bite if you could find figure out where they're at they're going to be there year after year mm-hmm. um, it's a real pain in the ass to find them because like i said they, if you're going to find them stacked up they're going to be stacked up in a pretty tight area um but then that's something you can reliably come yep set up your hub shelter and maybe do a little maybe do a little pre-scouting just to kind of find exactly where they're sitting out in that area that year but set it up yep kids can go out and have a ball rather than just catching three inch bluegills all day long yep. which is fine too um it's a good bite to get kids out and introduce yeah, just another fishing, option for everyone that's a, there's a difference between hauling in a three inch bluegill and up to 15 20 inch catfish maybe that'd be your slightly older kids that <sighs> are able to i'm gonna get thomas on that when he's like two three years old two or three just let teach him the schoolie drag yep pulls too hard let up yeah just don't let go no kidding <laughs> <laughs> well if you lose the schoolie rod man i guess that's not the end of the world no that's all he's gonna get exactly uh, i'm not gonna give him anything expensive before yep. he yeah, he will drop it down the hole. The other thing I think that's nice about cats that people don't really understand or may not know. They're delicious. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but they are, they're your classic mix of a lake stock, lake stocking. Oh, program. yeah, sure. So most of these ponds that we're talking about, bluegills and bass. and They put and cats in. They, they have cats in there, too. Um, you know, they don't get a lot of the hype, and people don't talk about them as much, but they're in there. Yep. And you throw a camera down and let it sit on the bottom you'll see some cats cruising by yeah it's interesting you know when we were talking with tyler uh 
I don't know, maybe you didn't get that impression, but I did when he was talking about that mix, like you said, mm-hmm. was that the bass and bluegill really kind of interact as an ecosystem together. Yep. But the catfish are just kind of there. Like, they don't really interact with the other two. Well, he said they're a good mix of both. They're a good mix of a predator, and then also, you know, as they're growing up, they can get eaten by bass, too. Yeah. But hmm, I think it's it's there for balance. Yep. Yep. And that's what makes it you know, successful. And they're not going to overtake anything. Yep. They don't. Plus they're fun to fish for. You know? I don't think they reproduce in those ponds. Probably not. I don't think they can. Yep. I think they need moving water maybe or something like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So yeah, we've had a lot of interest in some cat videos, you know, catfish and talk. Yep. Um, you know, Brett's all about it's coming. Catfish. It's not going to be I'm yet. learning still. Uh, I never, I don't like, I never caught a cat until we started fishing together. Yeah. Never would have thought to, to set up that way or stay or, tuned in February where we get yeah, into the cats. We need to get into them. Definitely. Well, that quarry, hopefully that'll still have some catfish. Yep. I believe that's what we caught. That was our primary catch. Yeah. That was some good action. Cedar falls, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have some more cat action coming up this season. On the yeah. Show hopefully we'll show. get some pictures of that going. Yep. I do enjoy that a lot. Cool. Well guys, keep the comments coming. Keep uh, the interaction coming, you know, appreciate you oh checking gosh. out all the videos. Um, you know, like we said this year, we're trying to, do a lot more with video, have a nice camera set up, do our, yep. do our videos out on the ice. Um, you know, quick, quick videos. We're still working on that. We're, I do like that. Like the busy. 30 second, to one minute long, like just snip yep. videos. They share real nice on Facebook. My computer can handle them. Oh man, we're running <laughs> These old, beasts, old technology. I'm not, I'm running very new technology. This does not have very good horse, many horsepower. No, it's very, yep. yeah. Uh, Especially since we started doing these long videos for yeah, a podcast. crunching a video is like it a, sucks. It's an all night ordeal to to convert the format and then upload it, and that's oh my gosh. Yeah, and we're not even we're in ten eight. No, we're in, yeah we're in ten eighty. We're not yeah. even doing four K because no. we can't. No, it. we wouldn't be able to handle. That would take forever. <laughs> Maybe someday. But it's nice handling those little thirty second to one minute videos. I oh, can absolutely. Yep. Pump those out and play with those. Yep. And turn them out quick. Yep. And then, you know, also we like having a good mix of uh, videos in the studio and videos out on the ice. Yep. Um, you know, it's good to, good to have both. Keep people so. engaged. It's a lot of fun with folks being engaged and stuff. Oh, yeah. Chit-chatting back and forth and messages. Yep. It's been a little overwhelming, but it's been also a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are, are asking us questions and that kind of thing, we're, we're sneaking in responses whenever we can. Usually what I'm doing, so we release things on Sundays. Yep. Usually Sunday evening, Monday, Tuesday. After Thomas goes to bed, I'll sit on the couch for like 45 minutes to an hour. Yep. Just pinging catching people up. back and forth and catching up on comments and yep. that sort of DMs and that sort of stuff. Emails. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, we both have day jobs. We both have families. We're both trying to get out and fish and keep this whole thing running yep. too. So yep. it's been really cool to, to follow along and we'll keep things going. Definitely. Yep. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's about all I had for. Sounds good, guys. We'll catch us next time on... The Short Rod Show.